Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. This week on Talk Nation Radio, where did coronavirus come from? What do we know? What do we not know? What is it crazy to ask? What is it crazy not to ask? And why aren't more people interested? Our guest is Sam Husseini. Sam Husseini is an independent journalist and artist living in Maryland. His website is Husseini.org. Sam, welcome back to Talk Nation Radio. Great to be with you, David. Thank you. So, so where do you think this virus originated? I don't know, and I don't think anybody else on the outside knows for certain. It, it's certainly plausible that it came, quote-unquote, from nature, although that, that's a, a dubious way of putting it, and we can get into that. But I think a lot of people are grossly underestimating the possibility that it came through some kind of lab release. There's a long history of leaks from these labs that often deal with very, very dangerous uh, pathogens. I think a lot of people um, have shied away from looking at that for a number of reasons, which I, which I think are hi- highly dubious. If we want to avoid the next one, and if we want to avoid, if we want to actually overcome this one, I think we have to look at that in, in a serious way without, you know, appeals to authority or appeals to conventional wisdom, which uh, I I think are incredibly dangerous. And so when you say people on the outside, you mean outside of bioweapons labs? And and what is that history of leaks? Can you give some examples? When I say outside, I, I don't know who knows for certain. I'm just saying a lot of people are speculating and dismissing the possibility that it came out of a lab without any real knowledge. There was a, a Nature Medicine article that came out uh, earlier this year that purported to disprove that it could have come out of a lab, but it actually didn't do that and had a number of uh, dubious statements uh, in the process of attempting to disprove that. Um, I, For example, it, it found no way of dismissing the possibility of what's called animal passage. Uh, that is, you can make a virus more vir- virulent by running it through other animals, like ferrets, for example. And this has been done in the past to create incredibly dangerous pathogens uh, by scientists in the Netherlands. They made the avian flu transmissible b- by air. I-, I don't know who knows what on the inside, that is, inside these institutions, whether the U.S. or Chinese institutions that may be responsible if it did, in fact, um, happen. Uh, if it came out of a lab, and if they know it came out of a lab. Now, lab release could be totally accidental. They might not know for certain. There have been any number of lab releases. USA Today actually had a reporter on this beat about five years ago, and she went through and found literally hundreds of accidents at U.S. uh, bio labs. Um, And there have been documented uh, accidents um, in Russia and in Britain with their uh, biolabs, what they call biosecurity labs. It's somewhat of a misnomer since they're potentially highly insecure. The Bolton of the Atomic Scientists had a report in 2019, uh, which basically said it's it's simply a matter of time uh, before uh, there's an accident and causes a a pandemic uh, from one of these uh, one of these biolabs. The hidden secret to all of this, or one of the hidden secrets to this, is that so-called biowarfare, the so-called biodefense, is kind of biowarfare by another name. You simply, it's simply a matter of the stated goal. After the anthrax attacks that people might remember, you, you had uh, a dramatic increase in so-called biodefense um, in the United States. 
people might recall the um, anthrax attacks were basically a false flag. That is, they um, somebody sent letters saying death to America, death to Israel, praise to Allah to people in the U.S. Congress and U.S. media, and um, uh, and the U.S. and the FBI never, you know, they eventually pinned it on a, a lone person and Leahy, Senator Leahy, who was one of the um, one of the uh, targets. Uh, told Mueller, who's then head of the FBI, I don't buy your story that this, that one guy did this when they had hearings on this in 2000, uh, in 2008. And there was a dramatic increase after the anthrax attacks of bio, quote-unquote, defense. Um, so th- there's a whole series of very dangerous setups here. Um, uh, so we don't, I certainly don't know with certainty whether it came out of a lab or not, but I, I think that um, that there's a genuine threat from biowarfare, um, uh, regardless, and I think people are dramatically underestimating the, the possibility that it did have something to do with the lab. In other words, whether or not this uh, coronavirus came out of a bioweapons lab, you think there is a, a danger of similar disasters coming out of these labs that uh, that that aren't that aren't justified that that should be that should be shut down uh, because they don't do any good that outweighs the danger they create. Absolutely. Um, and 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 when you say there's a, this history of hundreds of of leaks, uh, what what are the most significant ones? Do we are is there anything remotely resembling a a widespread pandemic that that we know has come out of such a lab? I believe that there was in the 1950s. I'm I'm sorry, I don't have this at my fingertips. I wrote about this back in the spring, and I haven't. Yeah, uh, both in the Atomic Scientist article several years ago uh, raised the prospect that the 1977 N1A H one pandemic was likely likely had lab origins, um, uh, quite possibly from a lab in Russia. Um, that that's probably the, the most the, the the case that is most well established. It's very difficult to establish these cases because of the inherent secrecy of much of this lab work, and that goes whether it's Russian or Chinese or U.S. Um, uh, referred to the um, anthrax attacks, never got to the bottom of it in a serious way, um, in large part because of the secrecy of the U.S. government and how it deals with these things. So the, um, uh, I, I believe the 1977 N1, H1N1 uh, pandemic um, uh, is likely um, the, the most prominent one, although there have been allegations on others. Um the um, Ebola outbreak in 2014 is very interesting um, because there were U.S. labs run by Tulane University right nearby um, where the outbreak happened. Um, there were numerous allegations at the time uh, from people in West Africa, especially, um, and they were dismissed by many in the United States, but it is interesting that the Obama administration right around that time um, cut off funding to um, some of the institutions involved in that lab work, and the Obama administration also around that time stopped funding um, uh, for so-called gain-of-function research, this kind of dangerous research um, 
uh, around that time. They made exceptions to that, including um, funding work um, with scientists from uh, the University of North Carolina and the Wuhan Institute of Virology um, that did gain-of-function work on coronaviruses, which is now central now a central concern. Um, uh, and then in 2017, the Trump administration very quietly lifted that pause on uh, gain-of-function um, uh, research. I, I, you know, again, gain-of-function is a euphemism. What it means is gain-of-threat. What it means is making a uh, dangerous pathogen more deadly to, to how to make something worse. That's what they mean by function. It's, it's a kind of insidious euphemism. Uh, we're speaking with Sam Husseini. Uh, Sam, I know that uh, men, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, Nicholson Baker's latest book, you know, presents evidence and speculates numerous past disease outbreaks uh, having come from these labs. I don't know that uh, that any of those have been proven. Um, and I know there are there's not just uh, speculation like yours and mine that this could have come from a that coronavirus could have come from a lab, but there are people out there uh, claiming it with absolute certainty, but without, uh, without, as far as I know, uh, proof, um, which which may hurt the cause. Um, but there are there are other possibilities, right? There, I mean, many people suggest environmental destruction, deforestation, factory farming, uh, and of course, if you discuss this topic on the internet, it seems the most popular opinion uh, is that all of the blame lies with evil Chinese people eating the wrong kinds of animals. Um, what, are, what do you make of all of these possible explanations? Right, well, first of all, I would just finish the, the, the Nicholson uh, Baker book, and I think it's excellent. It's about Freedom of Information Act and how the U.S. government obscured uh, whether or not it used biological weapons during the Korean War, and it's a fascinating book. Um, uh, the, the uh, you know, uh, uh, it was it was a lot of media hoopla about wet markets um, uh, earlier this year. So you're absolutely right in terms of you know people trying to pin this on you know these strange you know Chinese you know culture and all of that. Um, uh, and um, uh, what, what's fascinating to me is that my, my latest uh, piece is on EcoHealth Alliance, which worked with the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology, funded their work in um, uh, accumulating and working on the, 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 these um, dangerous viruses. Can, can you um, tell people what those two things are that you just named, those two organizations? EcoHealth Alliance? Yes. Sure. It is a U.S.-based, New York-based nonprofit that purports uh, to try to get ahead of uh, future pandemics. Um, uh, they caused, they got a great deal of um, very cushy media treatment because the Trump administration uh, cut off their NIH funding after it became known that they had funded the Wuhan Center of Virology uh, Institute in China um, uh, that houses China's only BSL-4 lab, that is the, the, the highest level lab that deals with the most dangerous pathogens and allegedly has the highest safety precautions. Um, 
and it's the only at least declared uh, BSL-4 lab um, in China, and it's in Wuhan. So, I mean, I you know, that that immediately says, well, okay, is, is there an obvious connection? Um, so, um, and uh, so what, what interests me, part of what interests me is how EcoHealth Alliance and I've done a fair amount of digging onto EcoHealth Alliance. They had far more funding from the Pentagon and USAID um, over the last five years, well over a uh, hundred million dollars. Far, you know, to just completely dwarfing their NIH funding. Um, and so they are fundamentally a, you know, a military contractor or a military grantee. Um, and USAID, which has been used for um, very nefarious purposes through the U.S. government, um, um, and, you know, that's sort of a story for another day. Um, but um, part of what's nefarious here is that what 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 they are offering is in effect a shortcut. They're in effect saying. You don't have to worry about factory farms and deforestation, which I think are, you know, in and of themselves bad things and in and of themselves uh, potential vectors for um, pandemics. Equal Health Alliance markets itself uh, or presents itself as an eco-friendly thing, but what it's actually doing is uh, saying we have a magic bullet here. We can get ahead of the... Um, next pandemic or the next, uh, you know, or what the terrorists, quote unquote, the terrorists might be planning by finding these more dangerous pathogens by going into these caves and by juicing them up with lab work. And therefore, we can get ahead of the next threat. This, in effect, has, you know, what, what you might call the moral hazard of facilitating um, factory farming and deforestation. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's similar to, um, you know, the, the U.S.'s stance with the Trident missiles, you know. It, so, you, you know, okay, there's mutually assured destruction, and then the U.S. government, uh, you know, builds this fleet of Tridents and other kinds of missiles that might be able to take out the, the Russian arsenal before they can get going. Um, so they're in effect gaining, you know, gaming the system. But in effect, the, the net effect of it is to have the Russians be on a hair trigger alert. In effect, making the entire system more dangerous. Right. Um, and I think we're seeing a similar dynamic here. So they're going out there, you know, into these caves and juicing things up and putting them in a lab. But potentially, that just makes things more dangerous if. There's a lab leak, or as in the case of the anthrax attacks, if there's an intentional um, disbursement um, uh, through a lab, uh, compounded, as you say, by making uh, taking away the motivations to to address deforestation and factory farming and so forth. Um, exactly. What, exactly. You, you've used the term eco militarism, Sam Husseini. What is this? What you mean by eco militarism? Yeah, in effect, uh, you know, it's a very much a military mindset. And if you listen to Peter Daszak, who's the head of uh, Eco Health Alliance, and very, you know, he has really managed to frame the media discussion on this. He, uh, the group U.S. Right to Know, 
uh, which has done a lot of work on GMOs, recently FOIA'd um, uh, some documents uh, that he authored where he organized the letter in the Lancet magazine in February of this year, in February of 2020. Um, and, uh, you know, basically uh, dismissed, it, it was disguised as a, uh, you know, a statement of solidarity with the Wuhan, with the workers in Wuhan. But what it actually was, was just a way of saying the lab release is a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Um, um, so he has, in effect, you know, taken the high, you know, the, the focus away from the possibility of lab release, uh, dis- dismissed people who are talking about a lab release. He gets his funding from the Pentagon. He has a military mindset. There was recently a, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, one of these, you know, uh, video call things, um, um, with him and um, uh, Sachs at Columbia University, who's now head of the Lancet um, Commission on the pandemic. Um, uh, Dazek got himself as the chair of their committee on uh, the origins of the pandemic, an incredible conflict of interest. He's, you know, basically a suspect <laughs> in the possibility if it's a lab origin and he's on the commission to investigate the origins of it, uh, uh, with the Lancet. And, um, uh, and he's also on the commission, uh, with the, uh, world health organization as to the origins of the pandemic Two incredible conflicts of interest. And the, the, the documents that the group U S right to know FOIA'd show, showed him, you know, le- you know, you know, drafting and reaching out to people to get them to sign the statement um, in February, dismissing lab origin as um, as a conspiracy theory, and him writing at the time, um, you know, it can't appear to be a political statement. Uh, that, that that is, he knew that he had right. to sort of disguise um, his tracks, and so, and, and in that talk with him and Sachs. Um, uh, he, he he praises Donald Rumsfeld for his you know there are no knowns there are unknown knowns, you know all of that stuff right he, he calls that sheer genius um, uh, th- th- there's a complete military mindset and military funding uh, driving this behind you know behind this environmental and health facade. It, it seems, Sam, there's a sort of a form of censorship that, that consists in part in these sort of statements from authority, the scientific conclusions without the science, uh, but also in sort of shunning any topic that other people have made wild, unverified claims about. So, you know, now that somebody has set off a bomb on Christmas in Nashville who may have believed totally loony things about 5G... Presumably, any research into possible actual problems with 5G will be pretty much off limits, or at least, you know, shunned by respectable people. Is is this a, a, a sort of a, a of a, a, a of a cycle that that occurs also with this with this topic of of bioweapons lab origins? Right. I I, th- I think that that's a very good analogy. Although I, I've also heard that he possibly uh, targeted an NSA hub. Um, or you know, or at least a local reporter in Nashville has been tweeting 
um, that, 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 you know, he could have been targeting it as an NSA hub rather than a 5G. So he might have bought into loony conspiracy theories about 5G, or he might, might have actually had something more substantial in mind. Well, um, and we must but, all but, become fans of the NSA from now on, then. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that that's totally true. I mean, I tried desperately to get information on this out. In uh, I asked the CDC about it in February, um, and um, uh, when it became apparent that the Nature Medicine article was problematic, I tried to get information of that out, um, and I wasn't able to until after Trump spoke about it. So then when Trump and Fox News started talking about lab release, everybody, or a lot of liberals and progressives and even leftists, um, you know, were totally, you, you totally backed off and, 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 you know, just ideologically wouldn't touch it. And I think it, it's sort of like, you know, there are several tiers to this. I think that, you know, Russiagate, a lot of people fell for a lot of that. Um, and I think even people who saw through Russiagate because they perceived it correctly as, you know, partially trying to demonize Russia, you know, are sort of falling for this because they think that it is trying to demonize China. And I certainly understand that threat. But look, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we got to figure out where this came from if we're going to stand a chance. And it's very clear from the record that. It is the United States government that, um, you know, that drove the, 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 this, what we basically have is a biological weapons arms race. They claim that they um, are doing biodefense, but it's all dependent on st- stated motives. So the U.S. has basically tried to, you know, carve out arguably an illegal exception to the bioweapons convention people think the genie is back in the bottle it isn't um and um you know one scenario is that china slipped on a banana peel um and this is an accidental release um i i still think that we need to keep our minds open it's quite plausible that especially since the chinese were working with u.s scientists it's not implausible that that this is a frame up um, as the anthrax attacks were in uh, 2000. I'm not um, I'm not clear, Sam, how something originating in an internationally funded lab would be more China bashing than it's the fault of the Chinese for eating dogs and pangolins. Uh, and and I, I wonder agree. how all of this is impacted by relatively recent findings that the coronavirus may have been in Europe prior to being in China. Um, and I wonder how all of this is impacted by the, these new variations apparently uh, generating of, of coronavirus, presumably outside of any labs. Uh, the, the coronavirus seems to be mutating into, into various uh, variations uh, during this pandemic. How, how, do, how do these facts play in? Um. The scientists that I've come to rely on to some degree have largely dismissed the idea that it originated in, I think, in Spain is where the the allegations are. Uh, I haven't investigated that as yet, but, you know, uh, Richard Ebright and others um, have dismissed that possibility. Um, um, Just as a point of information, uh, I think you're absolutely right about the, you know, 
you know, it, it, it's culture bashing as it is, um, and that that's very dangerous um, in, in in its in its own right. I'm sorry, you you, you asked another question, and I've I've blanked out on it. Oh, one question. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get in a lot of questions because we're going to run out of time here. Uh, is, uh, is, is is the fact that the coronavirus seems to be changing into various forms uh, right, in right, various right. countries well, relevant to the assumption that it must have been changed uh, in a lab? It seems to be uh, mutating on its own at this point. Right. That's a good question. I don't have the answer for that, at least not yet. One thing that is interesting is uh, Jonathan uh, Latham and Allison Wilson um, at Independent Science News, which I've also written for, have put forward a hypothesis based around um, uh, China uh, miners, that a group of miners uh, that is not, not, not like children, but miners like, you know, grown men who work in a mine, um, uh, they they, uh, they came down with an illness that seems to be similar to uh, uh, the coronavirus several years ago, um, and there, there seems to be they're effectively arguing that this was collected by the Wuhan Institute of Virology um, and then accidentally released from there. So uh, as to the origin of it and how you know how, how it manifested itself and how, how you know, it, its prior lineage. Um, and, you know, knowing that, you know, might, you know, might help us in terms of figuring out how, how it is currently mutating or, um, or, or, or not mutating, you know, that, that it effectively mutated within the minds because of, you know, so that's like another environmental concern, right? Um, so that, that's another cost to doing mining. Yeah, um, that, that you in effect have this closed atmosphere of um, uh, these people, you know, breathing in and breathing out um, things that are dangerous and making them more amenable over time to infecting humans. Maybe um, try and squeeze in one more question, Sam. We're almost out of time. Uh, why do you think there seems to be so little interest in the origins of this disease in comparison to the incredible media interest in finding a vaccine? I mean, it sort of parallels all diseases. Nobody cares where cancer comes from, but they all want to cure cancer, et cetera. But it seems more than that because this was such a sudden outbreak. Uh, and it seems, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there's been more media interest in the origins of some past disease outbreaks. Yeah, I think that the media machine behind um, the, uh, the, the these scientists and their associated institutions trying to dismiss this possibility is very effective, um, and they are great at marginalizing, uh, you know, actual thought and actual evidence. And ironically, it's con completely contrary to actual science. Science should be about observing the natural world and using reasoning. And instead, what we have are constant appeals to authority, appeals to conventional wisdom, uh, appeals to mocking, um, you know, everything except let's roll up our sleeves and look at the evidence and try to make sure that this doesn't happen again and to expose the institutions 
um, that have been complicit. We'll have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Sam Husseini. His website is husseini.org. Sam, thank you very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you, David. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. Read or listen to today's Peace Almanac entry at peacealmanac.org. All past shows can be heard at talknationradio.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is supported by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.